never that's what we could talk about the we could talk about crypto crashing now that's a good start yeah yeah not on the banned word list so yes absolutely like i i apologize if you're part of the second great depression and stuff like that but uh, all of our (laughs) listeners that bought into nfts and crypto um how you feeling how you doing Yeah, um, I've got free hugs, free hugs for all of you virtually. I'm charging even though you can't afford it now. (laughs) Yeah. So, but uh, yeah. That's it. Um, Anyway, yeah. So for those of us that didn't believe in NFTs in the first place, we're just sitting here watching the fires. (laughs) Watching the other fires. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, episode 160, director, take it away. (laughs) <laughs> uh, this is going to be a dumpster fire and I apologize. I apologize. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. We just set the expectations. What, if it's, not a dum- what if it's not a dumpster fire now? What does yeah. this then mean? We what if it's a surprise? But like, so I came across some stories when uh, researching Gaelic stuff and I was like, I've decided a few months ago to start learning the Scottish Gaelic. It's just different than Irish Gaelic by some rules. So I am trying my best on the pronunciation, but I also realize I am going to absolutely mess up all of the words and i'm sorry <laughs> apology not please don't so hurt sorry. us we're gonna do our best so as per usual yeah so uh it's particular there seem to be some stories that i feel like i can like uh piece together around the idea of mother winter which is fascinating and wonderful scary person anyway so uh one of the legends of how Scotland was made was that there's the old woman, uh, the Calich, that means hag, uh, the divine hag, essentially, that is Bera, the mother of Queen of Winter. She created Scotland by dropping stones into where she wanted the stepping stones to be. She uh, made all of that weird pattern in the lakes and everything to suit her wants and needs just because she could, I don't really, there didn't seem to be more of a description as to why she wanted it in that way, other than it was convenient for her. But the idea that the Queen of Winter made Scotland out of uh, all of the stones that she was dropping just seemed too perfect and sent me down a few rabbit holes. It, it's a pretty random thing. Like, I understood that reference. Like, I'm familiar a little bit with that one, where it's just like, she just got a big bag of rocks, and that's what trolls do, you know, so... Yeah, she uh, gets a lot of credit for a lot of the very iconic landmarks, The a lot of the, the hills, the lakes, like the Isle of Skye, I think was part of it. And a lot of weather is attributed to the divine hag and her temper. Like there's, it seems to be a consistent whirlpool in certain areas that absolutely destroy the, the ships that try to get near it. And it's because she's washing her great plaid. She's just the force of destruction of weather and water, and fuck you if you're in the way. Sounds about right. And then she also has some other weird names, like so the Calic as being like the old woman, but it also can mean veiled one in Old Irish, apparently, and that the Calic word can mean just veil in general, much like cowl. Cal, oh yeah, that, there you one. go. Cal, you solved it. Cal is Mother Winter. <laughs> yeah. the, it's how, how wild would that be? Like, oh, good. <laughs> it's what the author would do. Sorry. It is absolutely what style, right? <laughs> yeah. And it seems that seems to be an early loan word from Latin, the still meaning woolen cloak. So still the idea, the just the concept of wearing a mantle, possibly with a hidden identity, 
in these words and these people just go back really, really far. Very significant, at least in my brain. And in some of the stories, she also gets called Birog of the Mountain. And I tried to look up more of the entity of Birog and I wasn't finding much more than just a very short Wikipedia page. But uh, I will probably do more research on that and come back with anything that's significant. It, just as an aside, I found that there's uh, the words Kalik as this name that it is the divine hag, which is also connected to other forms of old women, like none is a Kalik do, which literally the old woman black, presumably because that's what they wore. But I, it's really weird, but Kalik Oika means owl. It's old woman night. And it's a hyphenated word that means owl. Owl do seem to have some magical properties sometimes in the folklore, but I don't understand why it's named that. You have to ask one. Yeah, I'll have, have to find an owl. And uh, also, more ways that the woman seems to be tied to stones is that there are a lot of standing stones in Britain and Scotland and the words for them are sometimes Carlin or Kaylin, which is basically the difference between a young woman and a stone is very, very small in the words and just more connections of how these women are connected to the stones, the stones and the dew and the, where the she actually lived, which was in the mounds. Uh, that's what Aoshi means, I believe, is that the people who lived in the mounds, the fairies, like she was creating all of the the shape of the land the connections to it to the people and that was where the portals were that people came and went all the fairies i mean the good thing with her too is we know she's the original so a lot of origin stories for stuff like this it's not quite the same as some other entity subsuming that like she could easily have been doing all of this just for the hell of it whenever she was doing yeah it there's definitely the concept of her. She was uh, one half of the seasonal goddesses of uh, Bridget, usually, or Bridget, a bride, um, it, uh, being the summer queen, a summer version of her. But sometimes I noticed that it was always the, the winter queen plus one of the other many sun goddesses. Like they seemed to have this uh, vying for the same entity in different names, but she seemed to, the winter seemed to be a bit more consistent, even in the folktales I was looking at, which only supports the dress verse as it is, but. Yeah, but it's kind of, that's kind of weird to me too. Like, I wonder what the genesis of that is because like winter is a season and comes and goes and ice melts and is gone and that sort of thing. I mean, maybe not in Scotland, but you know, um, but the sun, you know, it's like it gets up every morning, even, you know, where you only get six months of sunlight, you know, it's consistent, you know, and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of interesting that winter is the one that stays in is a solid fixture and it's summer that is fleeting, you know. Well, so maybe I described it badly. So it was like the personification of winter seemed to be a bit more consistent and there were right. many personifications of summer. And what I thought of maybe it's just like there were so many different tribes at one point and they all had their version of a summer queen summer goddess and they were only very mm. little bit different but they had different names and so they were the same but they were different and so it's understood that maybe all of them are just Bridget Bridget and Bera but I like uh, they had different names like uh, Aileen was one of them I think or um, Amy 
there were several others I, I wish I had written down in a better way to be able to bring to mind, but um, the winter entity was more solidified between those and um, forgot where I was going all of it. Maybe it has to do with the fact that you can have an easy summer, and so you could even have different variations of your harvest. But even if you have a mild winter, once winter comes around, you're you're done. You've you've packed it in. The season is what it is, and so I guess it makes sense that you know through the decades and the centuries, if you have various climates, you know you you could have a whole bunch of different springs and summers. But winter is pretty much always going to be. <laughs> you're not growing shit. Yeah, I definitely agree. One of the uh, splits that I had remembered while you were talking was that there was the the summer sun and then there was the winter sun. Not the same thing as winter personified, but that the summer sun was bright and powerful and then the winter sun was pale and weaker. And so it was already a split in the, the suns while winter yeah. was a constant, a lot like sure. you're saying. And winter gets the uh, blame depending on how long winter lasts. Like uh, there's a day that the Calic will come out and gather her firewood for the rest of winter. It's usually around the February 1st or so. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot like Groundhog Day, I think, of if it's a really nice sunny day, then winter's gonna last a lot longer because she's going to gather even more firewood and she wants it to be a nice day for herself. But if it's a bad weather day, she's slept in and winter's gonna be shorter because she doesn't have enough firewood to last herself. Mother Winter is Punxsutawney Phil confirmed. Yes. <laughs> and Mother Summer doesn't do anything to rain her in. Like it's not Summer pushing she... her out, it's it's whether Winter stays on her own volition. No, Mother Summer is probably the one going out to get the firewood these days. True. that she has personifications of winter of which i don't fully understand maybe people can explain but she herds deer she fights spring okay and her staff freezes the ground okay so frost but what does herding deer have to do with winter well i mean you know various herding animals and, and hibernation and what their patterns are change in the winter the herding deer i you know Deer, I think deer stay active during the winter, don't they? Yes. They don't. They don't yes. hibernate. So you know, it's an active animal. You still, and it's something people would eat and hunt it during the time if they could. It's probably more important than a lot of other things since they are still out and about. It says here, deer will herd up and move through daylight hours to help conserve energy. They need to maintain their body temperature in the winter. Yeah. So they and herd up more. And they're, they're not going to be able to travel as far and for as long during the winter necessarily. So, hmm. well, One of the stories of how she created a lake was uh, a lock to be better is that she was herding a deer, a group of them got tired with it and fell asleep and a well that she was tending overflowed and it flowed over the mountains and became rivers and became one of the locks. It's She gets a lot of attention for having made the shape and then also there's these deer because she's doing wintry things. Someone describes her as uh, being a one-eyed giantess with white hair, dark blue skin and rust colored teeth, which stood out to me enough to because she did seem to have metal teeth in 
cold days, right? Yeah, yeah one of I mean, iron, iron teeth. Iron teeth, yeah. Which mm. is extra weird because that's the bane, right? You know, mm. so on the one hand, it should be fitting of her badassery, but on the other hand, I'm curious how that works because she is straight up fey and, you know, yeah. Maybe but. she's something actually more than fey, different than fey. Well, I, I mean, yes, she is def almost definitively that we know based on various things, but. That's true. She can now also also the better to eat other Fae with, I'm sure. Oh yeah. So, oh my God, this I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole because it's cosmology, it. but we should do it. But yeah, we but should, you're going to. No, we should. What I'm trying to say is that we should write it down and schedule some time to talk about it. About like, okay, so because my understanding was that the reason why quote unquote cold iron. Uh, you know, is effective against them is because it represents man's industrialization, or am I lifting that from a different story? No, I mean, there was a very, very long yeah. word of Jim once that I have somewhere where it's, yes, okay. loosely, loosely that. Right, so so that's because it's antithetical to what the Fae are and more in tune with their, their nature and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. She's not just a fae she didn't she doesn't necessarily follow the same rules because she's been around through the greek and norse pantheons as well so maybe that's what you were alluding to that she can she can bend or break the rules that affect the fae because she's not technically one of them and just like but why like you know why why do not the norse and the the greek versions follow the same limitations and, you know, just, I, I don't know, there's just a lot to potentially unpack I guess, there. So. I mean, I guess, if, you know, when it comes to the Norse and the, and the um, Greek gods, they, they were industrious to a degree, mm -hmm. too. I mean, because the fairies well, are always seem to be very much this natural specific thing. And as much as they are interwoven with the mortal world, they are separate and apart from it to a degree that the other gods don't seem to be in that respect. Yeah. Well, the, the Norse are kind of funny because like you, you mentioned industrialized, it's like they had a primitive kind of steel, but because of shamanic practices, not because of industrialization, right? They, they had a primitive form of steel because they thought putting the bones of animals gave the weapons their strength. And what it was doing technically was adding carbon to the mix, right? And carbon was what was hardening the, the iron into steel, um, you know, so like there may be something there for sure, but it just seemed it just seemed there's there's a missing puzzle piece there, I guess, as much as anything, you know. Yeah, well, it has a lot to do with the mothers. I mean, they're removed from the active courts. Nobody consider, you know, Mab and Titania are considered the leaders, right? Even though these two outrank them by, you know, orders of magnitude. But that's the point to such a degree that they can only interfere in very, very specific ways from their little cottage, essentially. And right. they are, and I believe only plagues. <laughs> well, I mean, and and subtle advice and escorting a stupid wizard to a wall that he didn't know existed, and yeah, it's not supposed to be real. Yeah, and and weaving a napkin <laughs> that can undo any magic in a few minutes. Um, right, but you know they. It seems that they they retain the most of their whatever they were prior more so than any other fairy. Cause they're that old and that big and that I, I seem to recall if I'm remembering correctly, when Jim came on the last time that they are closer to people like Uriel who are on the scale of just being the one in all multi multiverses, as opposed to multiple maps that are 
everywhere. Right. And right. that the mothers are much, much closer to the Uriel side of that, which again is why they can't interfere in the way that they do or might want to. But that seems to be in line with, because she had four sets of teeth and they all probably denote a different identity or aspect. You know, the, the iron teeth one's the Baba Yaga because that's the, the easy one. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, but I think she had she had a, a bone tooth one and a, I don't remember the exact uh, descriptions at the moment, but there were there were at least four of them. And I mean, we know she's Atropos, Skull, Baba Yaga, so that leaves is that leaves a fourth baby main one that's active um and it could be this it could be something like gryla which i looked into once but that's another norse one so i don't know if mm -hmm. there's that probably got subsumed into the the scold one who knows or she had a daughter so or she had a daughter a very old daughter even a couple of them <laughs> right I mean, that's the thing. When it comes to being just a haggy old woman, it seems like they would all be her. But again, that doesn't preclude that there could have been others, obviously. Well, so some of them, some of the stories, if it's all connected to the same woman, one of them was, it sounded more like when she was young. Um, <laughs> 78,000 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> she might have been middle-aged. So there's a, I'm sorry. In the hunt of Sleeve Kulin, there's a, a small bit of it where a uh, woman, Malorka, and her sister, Aene, are at a lake. And they have both decided, apparently, not to marry a man who is old. But then uh, Finn McCool is coming up, and he's, like, the hero of the Ulster... He's the hero of the Irish mythology. And it, obviously, therefore, he's going to be beautiful and wonderful and healthy. Um, and Malorka decides to trick him by throwing a ring that he wants into the river or a, a lake. And when he goes into the lake, he comes out as an old man. This was meant to uh, trick her sister into never marrying him. The men of Finn had forced her into changing him back to being young and healthy, but his hair stayed silver. And this seemed kind of petty, but if for some reason, I don't fully know why I'm going to look more into it. They have decided that Malorca is the same as that hag. With Birog of the Mountain and the Hag of Bira and Kalik, the same entity seems to be that, but that seems so much younger and petty, much more like what Maeve might do to someone. And if it's either when Mab was young or maybe when Mother Winter was young, whatever that means. Could be. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because you know how you kind of revert back to childhood, they say, in some ways when you get older, so... I could see an I could see old old woman pettiness coming out in that regard. Oh yeah, yes. That the that wouldn't be too petty. Hard. Winter fairy is such a a lovely vibe, especially when you can't really do anything else, and you're like, you know, I'm bored today. I wanna I wanna age up a guy for no reason. Yeah. You are muted, Andreas. No one can hear you. God damn, my roommate was talking. I forgot to unmute. It's like, of course, Alex thinks Petty Winter is just like, that's the vibe. It's lovely. Well, this is who she's going to be when she's 78 years old in a rocking chair yeah. and spitting at the kids walking by her lawn. Spitting. Assuming she, you know, assuming she has a lawn by the point in time. Oh, I'm in the broke generation. Yeah. yeah. No, never happened. Harsh but true. Mm. 
But it'll be like winter then. No lawn, no life, nothing. It'll be perfect. Mm. The setting is great. Uh, there's a small story of what the Calic does and in, in how she has to be taken care of. She is an entity you have to um, give things to, otherwise bad things happen to you. The last farmer to finish uh, pulling in the crop has to take care of a corn dolly that the first farmer who finished taking it in uh, will make. And they have to like feed the dolly over the course of the winter. It is a burden. They don't want to do it. So it's a race to whoever can finish before the last guy who has to be the sucker to take it in. It's a fierce competition. And if they don't, I believe their crops will fail. The pettiness of you must take care of me or else it kind of comes back in another ways of there's a, a small little like stone hut. I forgot the word. A shilling, I think they called it. And that's where the old woman of mythology and possibly the old man, Bodak, as well, would live. And they had these stones that kind of looked like people. And as long as they're taken care of and overlooking a certain valley, things are good. And so the people of the area, they still take care of, like, maybe they bring things to or bring them in during bad weather so that the stones are healthy, whatever that means. Yeah. Uh, when the, the old man and old woman had been there and the glen was fertile and prosperous, when they left, they gave the stones to the locals. So to look at over the glen at the spring festival, Beltane, and to put them back in a shelter and made secure for winter at Samhain, and the glen would continue to be fertile. And on the winter petty vibes, there's a small little thing that I saw. There was a 18th century poet named William Ross, and he had a kind of muse idea of the, the old hag, because as he was well known for being a, a very romantic person, possibly died of heartbreak, something like that. He had a poem poking pun at himself was called Exchange of Verses Between the Poet and the Hag Who Spoils Poems. She is evil, therefore she <laughs> spoils poems. Nice. Yeah. Let's see. There's an, another poem that I tried looking up how old it actually was. It was seems to be written down either the 10th or 9th or 12th century, but it was translated in 1919 by Lady Augusta Gregory, and that's the translation that I've got is called about the hag of Bira. I am the hag of Bira, an ever new smock I used to wear. Today, such is my mean estate, I wear not even a cast off smock. The maidens rejoice when May Day comes to them, for me sorrow is meter. I am wretched, I am an old hag, amen, woe is me. Every acorn has to drop ever after feasting by shining candles to be in the gloom of a prayer. I had my day with kings drinking meat and wine. Today, I drink way water among shriveled old hags. Was, it, yes, very yeah. much in the, the idea of the old woman looking back on her life of I used to do all of these grand things. And it seems to uh, lean into the, the idea of cycle of the, the main mother crone type person. But also, if this is Mother Winter, I had my day with kings drinking meat and wine seem to lean towards the Norse as well. I mean, Norse influence in uh, Ireland and Scotland is definitely there, but mm -hmm. I'm going to make more out of it because that's what I do on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't noticed. 
be funny to see her coming in like a maleficent kind of way to court and everyone's just like oh fuck that would be <laughs> adorable they just put her they put her in the corner but with like her yeah. own personal table and yeah well she doesn't have a walking stick so someone needs to carry her so she has to be carried on a throne some form a litter no i was yeah she might she might have had hers by then she just didn't <laughs> want to use it because uh -huh. they're all beneath her. So following down the idea of uh, this woman who seems to do things, Bira or Birog, there's a story of a cow. Naturally. <laughs> and it's connected to the whole story of Baylor and Enya because the cow is kind of the lever that causes things to happen. Very strange. But it's glass gavain, which glass is a means of color. It's either like blue or green. Um, but also the cow seems to be described as white or gray. So it's probably, say, a white cow with blue or green spots. I don't know. The description was contentious enough. Let's just call it that. And it's a magical cow that can fill any milk, any vessel with milk overflowing. There is a small little bit of women who had bet on can it fill at least seven or not and it was so overflowed and even more i think it produced another uh stream or river it's also said that the hooves of the cow were reversed which tricks cattle thieves to always be looking in the wrong direction for it but it's a very valuable very wanted cow and so there's some big Those fights must be some over stupid it. thieves if that trick them <laughs> it's like the rest of the body no we're not gonna look at that we're gonna look at which way it's pointed with its feet well, they're following the tracks, obviously, but yeah. yeah, they just always go the wrong direction. But yeah. I think you would fall for that exactly once, but that's just me. So, you know. Right. Well, so, I mean, maybe it led them off a cliff and each one didn't, not like it was a new thief every time. It's possible. So I don't think that's actually what happened. Because this cow <laughs> with reverse hooves and absolutely epic ability of making milk very valuable like it's like stolen cow. a few times and there's a couple of different versions of the story uh but the basic idea of it is that somehow uh there's a person named kian and his brothers that have uh, the cow it gets away baylor gets it away or maybe baylor owned the cow and then it gets stolen something or other it leads to the sorceress Birog getting Kian into the tower, getting Enya pregnant, and Enya's child is then the one who kills Baylor. Mm -hmm. But there are different variations of it, and sometimes the Cirrus isn't even in there, and it's Mananan MacLear instead, who is the sea god of Irish mythology. So some of the details of like the Baylor had stolen the cow by tricking one of Kian's brothers, and Kian needs the cow back. And so the, the druidist or Cirrus or sorceress Birog informs him that the cow could never be recovered while Baylor was alive. But then there was that other prophecy of Baylor's going to be killed by his grandson. So therefore, go knock up the daughter. It's the only thing to do, really, at that point. So, yeah. Yeah. This, uh, <laughs> it, it makes it a lot of sense. Yeah. No, it, it just it's funny because it reminds me of one of my favorite jokes about uh, there's 
I'm I'm not going to tell the entire joke because it's not appropriate, but and not that we don't, you know, do adult things on the show all the time, but basically a kid with a rundover frog goes to a brothel, right? So if you can find this joke or if you're familiar with it, it's freaking hilarious. But basically this kid gets his frog run over, his pet frog, and institutes a chain of events to enact his vengeance. And that's what I feel like I'm listening to, where you're like, wait, why would a kid go to a brothel? Yeah, why would you get somebody pregnant because they stole your cow? Like, it, I don't know. It just, yeah, hilarious. Right. I'll, I'll the, tell you later. So <laughs> but That's kind of ridiculousness is the thing that like just kind of stood out to me too much of like, he goes to the wise woman who has all this magic power and says, you must do this because of that. And she's getting what she wants out of it because she wants Baylor dead, I'm assuming. And the type of animosity that Enya had against Mab, it's like even maybe this was Mab, maybe this was Mother Winter. This is a family that has been fighting for thousands of years. And this is one instance of it that got written down and into the newspapers. Don't fuck with the winter cow, man. I don't even think it's her cow. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it is, it is if she says it is. <laughs> Good point. Not many people are going to try to prove her wrong. Yeah. Right. Dalton so, does not agree with your pronunciation of uh, Enya. Yeah. What? Ethnu? The correct pronunciation? Ethnu? Enya. Enya. That is the one thing I can feel confident about. Enya is a band. Ethnu is correct. Enya. Yeah. And before it was a band, where do you think they got the name, kids? Yeah. Like, She's just an extremely Irish woman. She has the name from You Irish can't girl. call her Baba Yaga. We named our band Baba Yaga. Like, yeah, we know that's where you got the name, but like, come on. We can call her ethanol, I guess. Yeah. The problem is like I'm looking at Wikipedia and the pronunciation guide, and I'm like, I don't speak enough Greek for that to make sense. I'm sorry. Like, And then you know, so. if you do learn anything about how the IPA pronunciation guide actually works, well, um, I've asked for help on how to pronounce some of these Gaelic or Gallic words, and they had to make new rules for the pronunciation of right. Gaelic. So you have to, like, it's not, you can't go off of Greek pronunciation either. It's, it's um, difficult. Vindication is coming for some of us soon enough. Look, we've already had this argument, okay? I right, and I won. Uh, no, you didn't. You didn't even did. you didn't even show up to the fight. So I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to listen to Mr. Butcher's pronunciation of ethnu any more than I'm going to listen to the guy who invented the graphics interchange format and calls it GIF. Okay, right, he's incorrect. He, he right, but you're going to have your cake and eat it too. I'm saying they're both Watch wrong. Me. And you, yeah, uh, so so I hear that there's an opening for the Supreme Court coming up. See, I knew I was going to have to reference it, but holy crap, the cognitive dissonance required for that one. <laughs> Give me a break. Uh, you just have to be on the right side like I am all the time. Yeah, very easy. We're, we're really not going to get into this right now. His fucking uh, guy. His <laughs> fucking guy. Okay. Back to, to, to the safe, scary, scary woman folktales. <laughs> oh, we're, just, we're still Great. doing that? Okay. Yeah. Fine. So there's another version of the same story of the of cow and Baylor and the, the baby that kills him. Oh, and the baby is probably Lou, which I think that's how you pronounce it. Or there's different versions of it. It might be anywhere between Luke and Lou. Is he really a baby? Well, it is. It has to be a baby at some point. Well, yeah, I know. But like... That's it. 
Do you really think Mother Winter was a baby at some point? <laughs> Good question. Because I don't. Well, but but we don't know that Mother Winter was born. We know that this other entity was born. But like, I'm just like trying to imagine. Do I need to imagine a, a kid in a diaper stabbing Baylor with a knife or something? Or almost usually, are we are we using kids. Freya? Like Freya calls Thor my baby or something? You know, like the, oh the, my the, baby. It's like he's the, conquering worlds now. Like he's not the a baby, baby is born. Baylor tries to kill the baby. Someone takes the baby yeah. away and raises him. And then when he's an adult, he kills Baylor. It is not that no, the baby see, I'm, I'm picturing the pet cemetery where it's actually the toddler with a scalpel. That's yeah. that's what I'm going with here. Because that makes me happier. Okay. So the story for uh, Collected by Lar Larmony. He has a strange name, but he's just a guy who put it in together and he's kind of has two parts of it. And it begins with that there was a carpenter named Goban or Goban Sour, Shower, Sour, Goban the Builder, whatever. He built the castle. Goban's bean. <laughs> he built the castle for Baylor and it was uh, magnificent and really good, very big, all the good things. Baylor was therefore jealous and protective of it and he wanted to kill the carpenter so no one else could get anything as nearly as good and so he tries um so the carpenter survives because of the warning from baylor's daughter uh see and then now proclaims that he cannot perfect his work of the castle for baylor without his three specially named tools so he gets baylor's son to fetch it from the carpenter's home Upon receiving the errand bearer, the carpenter's wife deduces the situation, slams shut Baylor's son inside the tool chest, and with the boy as hostage, demands from Baylor due wages and her husband's safe return. Sounds like a carpenter's wife. The second part begins with the carpenter recommends uh, the smith to do all the ironworks for the castle and advises the blacksmith to refuse all, words, all rewards except for the gloss, which is the cow, the, the one that, because glass gloss color which can fill 20 barrels of milk. Baylor obliges, but played a wily trick, like a fairy, of not giving him the special buyer rope to contain the cow. So the cow is constantly wandering off and needs uh, constant supervision protection to keep contained. As you do. And this becomes very costly to uh, keep the watch on it. And so the smith offers forging a sword in payment for any takers who'd accept the task. And this is where Kian comes in. And in the, the previous one also, he wanted a, the, um, a sword for fetching the cow, something like that. So he's going to get his part of, uh, take care of the cow, get his sword. The cow still wanders off, but now he has to submit himself to being executed for his carelessness. And he asks for three days of amnesty, during which time he uh, goes off on a, a trail with the Manan and Maclear and goes about looking for the cow, but in exchange for whatever Kian profits from the quest that Mananan is also going to get. And so the, in the land of cold where meat is eaten raw, Kian is hired as a cook, a storyteller, and a fire stoker. Gets probably well, a lot of reputation. Yeah, you can't imagine those people probably didn't last very long. <laughs> right. And then thanks to Mananan's lockpicking magic, Kian is able to frequent the chamber of Baylor's daughter. And then the girl bears him a son. And then he tries to take the baby, leave with ba from Baylor's service, and just go away on Mananan's boat. Baylor discovers the situation and creates a storm tempest on the waters to try to drown them all. But the Irish sea god, Mananan McClear, is able to counteract it 
And uh, with all of that, Mananan takes the baby with Kian's blessing and raises him and fosters him under the name of Dal Dana, which is a corruption of the phrase for master of all knowledge, which is the nickname for Lou. And then as he grew up at one point, he saw Baylor uh, sailing past him and Lou picked up a dart out of his pocket and tossed it at him and killed Baylor. Versus some of the other ones in which um, the baby was actually raised by a smith and Baylor had come and for some reason was boasting of, oh, yeah, I killed this guy, Kian, and didn't know he was talking to his own grandson. And then in a sent a retribution rage, uh, Lou killed Baylor with a bot, hiry, fiery hot poker. That's the word. See, now I'm picturing a toddler with an oversized lawn dart. Which, again, pretty much all the stories, he is given time to like at least late teens. More fun this way. I mean, the teen hero thing, that's like young Hercules. What do you, that's, no. Come on. You can do better. I don't know. Gosling was great in that, right? Or like those stories of uh, Jesus when he was a toddler that didn't make it into the Bible where he's like smiting kids left and right because he's throwing <laughs> a temper tantrum. See, that's the kind of stuff that would have made it interesting. Yes. No. It sounds like Baylor doesn't really get the good end of the stick in any of these. No, I mean, he always seems to be uh, deserving of it. He's always described as right. being an asshole with the the big scary eye. The, sometimes it describes it. that he has a normal eye on the front of his head, and he has a terrible eye on the back of his head, which turns people to smush glass. Right. Well, is, isn't he also like, you know, an agent of chaos or a demon or something? Like, they don't necessarily always use the same terminology obviously but like yeah he's he's a pretty primordial power and a generally not good dude from what i remember so yeah he's yeah i mean always... he's like a norse titan basically is whatever the equivalent is baylor is a, a fomor they're the him and enya are the fomorians um they are always on the bad side of the stories any of the ones that i've read at least right so they're always going to be uh sneaky and betrayers and destructive and everyone hates them. So she no matter what sneaky. else the hero does, yeah. it's always injustice of that. She was not that sneaky and not that subtle. Right. She, she, well, seems, it, she seems to have moved past that in her old age. Right. You, you, you could also be a little careful and just be like, you know, Mab is definitely the type that the victor would write the history in this case, right? But at the same time, like even from our little bit of interaction, she was trying to wipe out the whole human race. So, you know, they're probably a bad dude, you know, so. But yeah, I don't know. She might have had good reason. Have you yeah. seen people lately? <laughs> okay, so we're going to keep you and Nicodemus out of the same room. So <laughs> we're always in the same room together. For I am he. Except I wouldn't have been so stupid as to lose to Dresden three times. Yeah, like who can't fight off the dude just grabbing your necktie? It's, like, it's just start punching him. Like I mean, for real, it's yeah. not hard. Yeah. He's got a big head. Just punch. Him. <laughs> right. Granted, very punchable very face. Hard head. <laughs> punchable face plus hard head. That's a that's an interesting adventure. Although in any of these stories, it does, uh, I like this little thing about the cow 
We don't know what happened to the cow. Oh, I <laughs> because think everything... <laughs> that cow it's opened like... a bar in Chicago and is now serving steak sandwiches. <laughs> Where the cow was Mac the all along. Yeah. Um, they... <laughs> It's just yeah, like, it like this it. tiny little line of like, as everyone is now paying attention to the giant fight between gods over there, no one ha knows what happened to the spotted cow. And sometimes there's like up to 13 children that uh, the hero would have sired, but only one of them survived after being drowned by Baylor. Sometimes it's three, sometimes 13, sometimes it's only one. That always seems to that, like... the. <laughs> And that child's name, Albert Einstein. Hmm. Yeah, that's just another one of his many names. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fits. Crap. Nope. Shh. Do Keep it. going. Do it. Nope. Nope. It. Nope. <laughs> hmm? Trying to find a, a supernatural intersection with Albert Einstein now. So please keep Do going. So. Well, Mother Winter <laughs> did actually know who he was, right? Because she was the one, you know, the, the crazy hair. He had the idea, right? Right. And why would she be paying attention to mortals unless maybe it was... She probably gets a twinge disguise. every time somebody comes a little close to understanding the cosmos. It's like, oh, the monkeys, they're learning. Yeah. For all we know, Mab dated him. So, you know, so she, she seems... Uh, to possibly enjoy the maths. So I was, I was going to say, I feel like she probably dated Tesla and that explains a few things. It could be both, right? They were far. Actually, no, I'm sorry. No, she definitely dated Edison because he was a dick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, wasn't that line, wasn't that her line out of battlegrounds was like, I know she couldn't kill me. I did the math. So seems like, seems mm -hmm. like she'd be all over Einstein for that. So. Be like, I dated a mortal once who taught me how to do these level of calculations. So, <laughs> no, she's she audited his class once to see if he was on the right track, and she gave him a B. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thank you for, for canonizing that story again. So, mm -hmm. yeah. see, Einstein's in. We got it. We did it. <laughs> yeah, the cow is a mantle. Cow is a mantle. I'm I'm enjoying that. Cow. -o. Cow. Aha. There we go. Figured it out again. <sighs> cow is the cow. Oh. It's what the author would do. <laughs> yeah. So this has been an episode of the Drizzle Files podcast. Oh, I'm gonna wow. close it out that, now. That made you quit that early. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I feel like we've done worse. Have we? we? I don't know. <laughs> That's I mean. There was a rating scale once upon a time that pushed the boundaries for sure, but you know, as far as puns go, I think cowl is yeah over the top oh, that's so perfect i'm going with it i'm gonna write the short story <laughs> yeah you're like i'm writing this shit down this yep. oh, no. Later <laughs> up until we're proven wrong we can go with that as consider that to be true and if we do get proven wrong then wonderful we have real information to work with up until then he's either petrovich or the <laughs> cow or petrovich is the cow Right. So uh, that better be question number one on our upcoming interview, then, huh? So yes. Well, yeah, I assume Jim has fervently been watching this episode in preparation. Of course, he's watching every episode, yeah. and he's gonna come on, and he's gonna. Yes, well, no, I, yes, son of a bitch, you did it. You figured it yeah. out. <laughs> we figured it out. Yeah. So. He's auditing us like Mab was auditing Einstein. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out that he he was actually the guy from Emperor's New Groove when he got turned into a cow and went home. He learned dark magic, and you know. 
I like that. <laughs> I don't like the look on your face. Like, get that out of there. That's not. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah, oh, I should have killed I it when I said I was going to. <laughs> no. See, now I've run through all of the important things. Now you can try to bullshit oh, your way out. Oh, have we done? Minutes. The cow was the important stuff. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, we did it. So the, there's this weird connection. Whatever the happening to the cow, but also Mother Winter. I'm assuming was the one like like you are going to care about this and you are going to go fuck that girl and kill her father. It's okay. exactly what she would do. Come yeah. on. Well, when you gotta, I mean, I was gonna say we haven't seen their backyard. I don't think that cow could be there just chilling in the never yeah. never. And, and Dresden wouldn't be smart enough to pay attention to the feet anyway. So, mm -hmm. you know. Although he is generally smart enough not to accept food given to him by a fairy. Is he going to eat the cow? Because <laughs> I, I don't think you're supposed to serve the cow. You're just supposed to drink the milk. That's why it keeps producing all this milk. Because it's like, maybe they won't eat me if I keep doing this. If we ever see them talking about like milkshakes or something, then that'll be a clue. <laughs> no, stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> I guarantee that it has to have come yeah. up at some point. Somebody I mean, there's the lemon, does, lemonade and the ice chips and like there's there's that. Does but... Winter Mother's milkshake bring all the boys to the yard? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn right. And it's better than yours. <laughs> she's phased, so she's going to have to charge. Like, oh, of course. It's... Yeah. This is like equal uh, trade here. Stop. Stop. <laughs> The looks of pain on your faces makes this all worth it. These are real tears. I Actually, uh, Skylar came up with a good point. Dresden said moo once. I think it was to Ariana, right? When she was calling her ah, cattle. Thank, thank I you. Mean, so he is actually the mantle holder of the cow now. He's actually the cow. Like, he is. Yeah. He is both Merlin and the, the cow conspiracy. aging in reverse. He's going to revert into a cow in about a thousand years. I'm glad we brought this up because I almost brought up how, like, what if Dresden's the kid and then, oh, wait, you know, he killed Baylor, not Enya. So, you know, they didn't even kill Enya. I was, Enya I was skipping that. Yeah, they didn't even do that. Well, yeah, but I mean, for, for purposes of killed, she's pretty much yeah. off the field. So, the, the thing that I want to look into more is uh, reading more of the Irish mythology and then finding which person might have just been Odin. Yeah. Because Where's there's several Odin? that are like the, the, <laughs> the the magic user around. the one that's all knowing the master of all knowledge like Lou is like, I don't know enough about him to be able to to say whether he is or not but just like hmm well can, the but the thing it. about what we know now about some of his other mantles he wasn't always the magic user right like Beowulf yeah. wasn't a magic user or at least yeah. not flashy like Merlin anyway no. sometimes um, he wants to play the hero right yeah. so so yeah but um, he was the cow yeah yeah <laughs> I'm telling you, Mac knows how to make these steak sandwiches for for a very specific cow-related reason now. There's no doubt in my mind. Mm -hmm. He either is the cow or has the cow in the back. I don't know which one it is, but it's there. The, the connections are all there. You all just right. have to look. I'll, I'll look into that. Look with your I eye of Baylor. Have to look into more of the... Dalton says that the answer is the Dacta for who is Odin. Yes. The, the, I am behind in my Irish mythology. Yeah, that was the 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 Dagda staff was kind of like Mother Winter's walking stick, sort of. 
loosely. Well, that reminds me. One of the names that um, the, the hag goes <laughs> by sometimes is either very close to to Dagda, or as I think it was Dixie, Dick Day. It was it made Dick me Dug. wonder, and I had the question, and then I didn't have time to look into it more of it. If there was more of a connection between that name of hers and the entity of the Dagda. Um, But no matter what, I'm pretty certain that Odin and Mother Winter know each other, have probably pleasantly been fighting with each other for thousands of years, manipulating a whole bunch of shit. Probably brother and sister in, like, a loose way. I mean, not, you know, not biologically, well, just... <laughs> so, um, Ymir, the, the giant in Norse mythology that was cannibalized to make the, the world, there was a cow present... <laughs> Of course there was. Adhumla. How could we have not missed it all this time? It wasn't the world turtle, it was the world cow. Yes. We could have gone to Missouri and looked in a field and would have found all the answers. But no. Here we are. At least we found out the truth soon enough. Thank you for bringing this to our attention, Director. You're welcome. <laughs> Anything soon enough. Matches. We've been doing this for seven years, but we finally cracked the code. Don't make That's what it takes old. sometimes. Don't, <laughs> don't mention how long we've been doing this, please. Why are you, you feeling feel old? old? <laughs> yes. You are old. Welcome to my world, Andreas. <sighs> I was young once, and then I got old, and it'll happen to you. Yeah. yeah. We've seven years, and we've gotten two books and a couple novellas and a couple short stories now, to be able to talk that's, about. Now that's depressing. You could keep, keep that shit to yourself. You know, <laughs> like. just, I mean, I'm very excited for, for Tuesday and talking about the law and, and um, having had an extreme privilege of being able to listen to it early. It is uh, I missed it. I needed that. I really needed mm -hmm. that. I needed the fix, man. Yeah. It was I fixed. mean, it's just Remember when we started this? Like, I joined. I wasn't here for the, the first couple of episodes. But like, we talked. I remember us talking about like, you know, yeah, it's, you know, it's roughly a book a year. It's gonna be easy. Or even a we'll couple of content. years. Yeah, whatever. Like every two or three years, we can we can fill that time. We have filled that time, and I it. And then some. Mm. <laughs> Look yeah. at this quality content. We're getting hey, better. This was a pretty good episode. Yes. Minus the we, cow. We learned stuff, about the secret you know? history of the cow. We have discovered. Yeah. We haven't decoded the Dresden files to such a degree that <laughs> that's it. We will I'm never just... get higher than this. Even Tuesday's episode is not going to compare. Oh geez. So why, why watch <laughs> on Tuesday when you can have this mouse? I was going to say all we're, we're going to say the cow and Jim's going to leave immediately. He's going to be like the crap. <laughs> Jim Butcher has left the chat. <laughs> <laughs> no, we will. <laughs> Please, no, no more, no, no, Absolutely no, not. no, no. Oh, he knows exactly. No, no. Nope. Which... Nope. <laughs> no, we can go back to talking about ethics. I remember parts of that episode. I'm not watching that again. But, I, oh my god, yeah, that I was a fight. I couldn't do it. I I started watching it, and then I was like, no, I'm gonna skip to the reference timestamp, and barely made it through that. So. Oh boy, ethics. But every okay, the cool. The, we we, mo, we probably yeah. mostly agree on the podcast now, so it's not going to be as interesting. I disagree with your assessment that we mostly yeah. agree. There, how about that? <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. We've like, got we've got a semi-professional troll over here. He will find new ways to disagree just to make the argument happen. So, yeah, yeah, but I'm nice yeah. about it. 
Are you? Yeah. In my mind. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> which is what matters. Confrontational, but we'll get. Well, you know what? We'll get Ben on, and we'll talk about. Oh no! Uh, yeah. Ben's always yeah. wrong. No matter what. He says. <laughs> That's true. We'll, we'll find something like he. We I was going to say. On Captain America ethics, at least when we were talking about it, that, that was it was, that was uh, it, it's tough to rival Andreas for bad media takes, but Ben really. He, he <laughs> I know he this is an aside, and I know this is too early, but have you watched uh, Babette's Feast yet? Any of you? No. No. Are any of you going to? Yeah. Yes, I'm going not. To if I can help, I'm going to try. I'm I'm stuck in my movies right now, which is not a good look. So I was going to say mine are easy. I've I just watched them recently, so I'm done. Yeah. Did you I actually just, add yours to the list? Add some? No? Okay. Oh, okay. He, he was late because he I was told to, yeah. and they I weren't there you. a week ago. So well, yeah. they're there now. <laughs> anyway, behind the scenes, and you have a week to watch them. Yeah. So what yeah. about Babbitt's Feast? Uh, is it, it wasn't four? bad? <laughs> is it the, is Hold it on. the four lions of this? Episode? I know it's like on the scale of one to four lions. Like how many lions are, are we? Doing? But I love four lions. Are we so... talking like a second hand of lions or just like a, the four? It, I, <laughs> I know it could have been made better. Like it, like I don't know which point. I'm not a filmmaker, but like half of it felt like sitting in church. I signed right. up to watch a movie, not to sit in church. Right. I haven't seen it yet. We gotta remember it's like from what, like 1989 or something. Hey, yeah, I'm from 1989, and I don't feel like church. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm out I, on all that one. I mean, it's a it's about people who are repressed because of religion, and they don't have fun because of religion. And then, oh my God, they have they have a really nice meal, and they have fun and a nice time. It's like okay, okay there so are parts of it that my, we're still... it's my dinner with Andre, but from the pulpit. Is that what we're going with here? Um, it's like they felt sacrilegious to them to be enjoying food. That's that. Oh, they didn't have the sacred cow. No, they didn't. That was the I issue. Mean, I, haven't, I haven't watched it. I was surprised to see another Danish movie on there. I hadn't even heard about it, but everybody I know when I brought it up was like, I have to watch this movie. An American submitted it to the podcast, and the Danish was surprised. So I'm like, oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that one. Apparently, Wait, I there's, just completely. There's, there's two Danish movies on this? Yeah. yeah. He chose I'm another out. one. No, I'm done. No, but my one, really, choice one I could I've have heard is very one. good. Yeah, but you heard the other ones were very good too. And look at what you're doing. No, no, I go into to Ben's <laughs> I heard choices the four with lions a, was funny. a sense of hesitancy. It was four lions was hilarious. You're an insane, insane. Uh, for the people listening who might only tune into the Dresden Files podcast, the other don't show... watch Four Lions. Save yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, yeah. hilarious. It's wonderful. I love it so much. The other show was where we get this lively and interesting. Because it's different. Hey, this cow episode will rank with any of the while we weren't recordings for liveliness. I guarantee it. Can we do a cow themed movie section? No, stop it. Can I know we can make, we can make now, a Patreon no, no. and we can make that happen, but I'm not paying for the plane ticket. Can we make it just animal themed? Like, you. you know, Babe and Airbud and stuff like that. Doesn't have to be cow specific. Because I think the the list of cow movies is probably going to be surprisingly thin. Just there was an guess. animated cow movie. I take beef with that. I was like eleven. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what that was, but I could find it. Taking your really want it. <laughs> oh. I feel oh, like no, we accomplished no, no. a lot today. Oh, a lot of important things more. happened mm -hmm. today, and Anything I'm proud of us. Really. No, no, I'm proud of us. We we took a completely uh, out there episode and we discovered everything yep. we need to know. 
I'm I'm super excited to look back in this in a couple of years and realize when we peaked was this episode. So no, yes, this is when we all realized we're actually <laughs> this we're is... actually in the padded room together. We just didn't realize it at the time. That's <laughs> this is the one that, to rival the ethics episode. Going, so. I'm going full moon night. <laughs> full moon. That was also a fun book. Yeah, fun is a, is a word. See, if you say ethics was peak, that like what is Tuesday? Tuesday must be the peak, right? <laughs> the fun thing about a journey is you don't know where the peak is until the end, but you know, so hopefully we never find out. But yes, in 50 years we will still be doing Justin Foss episodes. <laughs> we better. So in 50 years, <laughs> say, there's no there's no episode that could possibly count as the peak before I came on. So that's just right out from the beginning. I don't know about that. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, in 50 years, when we're finally starting to BAT, I mean, that's surely that will be the peak. Surely. If it takes another 50 years, we are not getting a BAT. I'm sorry to break it to you because as, <laughs> as old as we are, Jim is still a fair bit older. Yes, but he okay, has more money. All, he has like life saving technology. We are broken right. without lawns. They, they. <laughs> oh, first of all, Andreas gets socialized medicine. He's going to live longer than all of us. <laughs> They, they do say that the first person to live to 200 has probably already been born. So, you know, that's cool. Oh, sweet. But, uh, I'm going to do it. I'm yeah. I'm going to make right. a one. It's okay. I, I hate to write this to you, EG. But <laughs> okay, so you're a lich. That's not. the people of this podcast living the longest, it's probably not going to be you or me. Uh, I resent that. I have a lot of spite in me. We don't. I'm going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you, I think you underestimate how much it's going to piss me off to live that long, which is why I'm going to live that long. <laughs> yeah. All right. Plus, I'm going to eat the sacred cow and I'm going to live forever. How are you going to cook it? Medium. No, they didn't cook mm, it, right? Just steaks. Yeah. But what if somebody asks for it medium it's well? Called beef. We ask it's them firmly but politely but to leave. To leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But politely. If you want medium well, I'm going to walk away from the grill and you can do whatever you want to your food. But after that, <laughs> I will not touch it. Have you ever had t- Have you ever had beef tatar? No, because I like mm-hmm. to survive my meals. I've had, I'm still alive. I've had it plenty of times. Too. Again, like, socialized medicine has kept uh, you alive this far. Egg, does... A raw egg yolk on top and some capers. And what, what Do you eat cooked food? I had beef tartare with a raw egg on top. No, he has pizza with lettuce on it. Yeah, I was like, he eats donor. What are we talking to him about food for? (laughs) Like food, media takes. Is there anything you do correctly? (laughs) I'm always right. He's he's okay in the Dresden Files space. That's that's the other thing the other podcast has taught me about you guys is that we're all we're pretty good for Dresden Files. There's a a very what's the 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 line? We have a very specific set of skills. Yes. <laughs> that's about it super freaking specific because podcasting is not specific enough it's dresden oh, files podcasting dresden oh yeah no the other podcast is <laughs> a train wreck but this it's one. not it's it's very tasty okay you it's not on there when you cook it i don't want to have this argument again <laughs> what do you mean again? again who have you had this argument he showed us again. pictures of that monstrosity no no i know the pizza picture well pizza in big quotations Right. 
I'm gonna go make pizza when we're done here. I'll send you a Patreon. Uh, what you do with your life if when you you're guys, not on If you guys get, come in the Patreon and give us money, you can see my pizza pizza picture after as well. No, no. It's gonna be great. We Blocked. we want people to subscribe. We don't want them to run away in fear. It's gonna be great. Why don't you Why don't you start uh you know Swedish food podcast and then we can see how many people show up to see you Listen, doing the pizza. But you have to talk like the Swedish I was, chef, I was, which I know you can. I said that. I told you you can't confuse me with Sweden. You can. Uh, yes, uh, we can. Well, not the yeah, whole country. Else? Just no, you're from there. No, no, not cool. I don't know. Sweden here. On to NATO recently because that would narrow it down. It's one of two countries at that point. I mean, whenever you speak, I hear the Swedish chef anyway. So it's you're you're basically. But they have no, no, no. Their accent is so different like so, so different, different. Oh. they have uh, i uh, it's I'm just so stark match he's resorted to his base levels of swedish you could end this at any time you have that power if you enjoy this section of the dumpster fire of this and why would you not that is what the other podcast is, which is called While We Weren't Recording, because we just decided to hit record on this bullshit. <laughs> and if hey, you have questions about the dress, we files, started with this. Feel free to send them in. That's not. We tried. Yeah, we're, there we're wasn't taking, an attempt uh, questions for the the Tuesday episode, right? Where we'll actually be professional and courteous and stuff. Yes, we'll have our professional so, faces on, like we did for thirty seconds on Thursday for the first five that minutes, like, and then the cow. Ooh coming yeah <laughs> yeah right. oh, uh, see goodbye. everyone on tuesday and if you cannot make it for the live stream it's okay it will be and up your on failures our channel for later <laughs>